the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. AM 560, The Answer. Prepare to have your mind opened. The lies of the mainstream media are about to be exposed. And the hypocrisy of the left is about to be revealed. This is a revolution in how you think about politics, race, and culture. You've tuned into Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. I'm coming in hot. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Black and Right Radio with John Anthony. I am very fortunate to be the guest host. I am Dennis Rebeletti, otherwise known as the prosecutor. We're going to have a three-hour packed filled show. So if you'd like to call in 312-642-5600, I get to pitch hit here uh, and bat cleanup for the final show of the season. And so while there's always a lot of political things to talk about, we can talk about looking forward into the new year. What do you see for yourself? What do you see for the state, your community? And we can also go back and look at what happened to us personally, our families, and, and how, how have things over the last year shaped our lives? Um, one of those things, as I've talked about before, is that my wife was diagnosed with leukemia uh, about f- almost four months ago to the day. Uh, she had successfully uh, a stem cell transplant, uh, and she is uh, in the University of Chicago Hospital. I want to send a shout-out uh, to her and the great staff at University of Chicago for all of the great work that they've done, and their cancer team, the stem cell transplant team, uh, has been nothing short of wonderful and miraculous. So I am thankful for that. That is my Christmas gift. And my other Christmas gift that I get is my son is back home from Florida State University, which if you follow college football, you knew and heard that they just got robbed out of a chance to be in the uh, championship football uh, with the college football after going 13-0. and But I also want to uh, recognize that I have somebody riding shotgun here, somebody you know, you love, the troublemaker, Verlon Galloway, here on a special time. He came <laughs> on, my, on my regular time. So he kids around with me coming in late sometimes, so now I get to kid around with him. How are you, Verlon? I'm doing all right. How you doing, Dennis? I'm doing okay. I'm glad everything's going well for you and your family. Well, I appreciate that. And so, you know, you get that day where you get that phone call and everything changes, and then you become even more thankful as you uh, have so many people uh, from this show, friends, family, uh, that have reached out and that have uh, prayed for us and that have uh, stepped up and helped us um, from things like walking the dog to uh, covering a court case for me to you name it, uh, they have been there. So 
I'm very fortunate to be able to even come out here and do this show, and and I'm glad I get to do it with you, Verlon, because last week you're you're a little fired up. Oh uh, yeah, and I and I didn't know if you were still going to be still fired up this week. So well, I got some stuff to talk about, but but it's your show. Oh, I, I so you set I, the agenda. I, I do know that, and so a few things have bothered me, Verlon, and uh, there was a Christmas party in Boston. The, the uh, mayor of Boston hosted a Christmas party. And I'm going to play a clip here that talks about her thoughts on her employees and elected officials in Boston. Let me click in here. Tonight, Boston Mayor Michelle Wu is defending a party that she hosted for an affinity group called Electeds of Color after a staff member in her office accidentally sent an email invitation to the full city council. This has been a long-standing tradition. It was my turn to host. It's, it's happened every single year. And also multiple other parties that everyone has been invited to. So, for example, Monday we're hosting the holiday party that the city hosts every single year and the, um, inviting all of the city council, the state legislature, all of our elected officials, along with our cabinet, just to thank everyone and celebrate for the holidays. So there are many, many invitations out there. Now, the mayor says the annual party has been a tradition for more than a decade. This was her year to host it. The party was held last night. And as you heard her say right there, there is a planned party for all elected officials to attend in Boston. Now, Verlon, I'm the Addison Township supervisor. I wonder what Chicago area news would think about if I hosted such a party like that, excluded people by gender, by color, by religion, I don't think that the Chicago media would be giving me a pass. Do you do you think so? No, of course not. They would destroy you in the media. Why why does this seem to be okay? Why why do people accept this? Why when we this show is you when you hear the lead and it talks about opening your mind and discussions of race and when I was in Springfield people talked about Jim Crow laws and sentencing guidelines and and, and keeping people of color back why now is separating people by color? Why why is that somehow okay? I know I've said it once or twice. I don't I don't think I beat the drum enough, but it's payback. It's payback against white people. I mean, just just say it the other way around. A party for white people or all of this black okay, like this other network is called uh the Black Information Network. What if you had a a network called the White Information Network, or is white before anything. It you know they wouldn't tolerate that, but it's payback against white people. You just have to eat it, as far as uh, this nation is concerned. It's just very frustrating when you are thinking about the Christmas season and people coming together, and you know government employees are coming together, and and, and employees and all these different businesses and families. And they and the only thing that this mayor does, and she's from Chicago, of course, because all great radicals start in the city of Chicago. Um, she decides to bring that radical view out to Boston. She gets elected, and the only thing she really apologized for was not that that she had an elected of color party that she got caught because they they sent the email blast out uh, to the wrong people. Uh, so it's very frustrating to see that when when we're always hearing from President Biden and our illustrious governor and everybody is talking about coming together, working together. And then you see people separating out and justifying it because of I'm, I'm not exactly sure how it's it's justified, because I thought that the 
uh, the movement from the 60s and civil rights movement was supposed to bring equality and people together instead of tearing us apart. And I, I'm just very concerned on where this state and this nation is trending when we look at uh, race relations. I don't I don't find them to be getting better. I think people uh, people are creating a crisis where none exists. I don't know what your thoughts are on that, Berlin. Oh, no, you're exactly right. But the way the left uh, believes is that we, we haven't had enough equality. We, we're not at that threshold yet. So this is their way of building up their self-esteem or their character by putting you down. They, right. f- they feel like they've been kept down for so long. It's time to put you down to get to uh, that equality. But it's interesting because we talk about that DEI, right? And I thought part of the, the I stood for inclusivity, right? So who are we including then? So it's it, it does it's just people they decide that the left decides to include, and everybody else uh, is no good and, and shouldn't participate. I, and I think that's to the detriment of everybody, and it's pretty frustrating. So uh, if you're interested in calling in, joining our conversation uh, with myself and the troublemaker, three one two six four two fifty six hundred. You can also watch us on Facebook, Rumble. What else, Verlon? YouTube. Uh, so we are on live. We do live stream. Um, and we'd like to hear your thoughts because I'd, I'm, I'd like to hear your thoughts really of what you think is going to happen into next year. We're going to be grinding out into a primary season. Uh, we're going to be grinding out through the uh, presidential race. And we're going to be uh, beginning off next year with uh, President Trump in the lead. And we're going to be seeing who uh, he picks as a vice president. And, and I think that's where I, I'd like to uh, turn to next, Verlon, is, is where do we think, let's assume, we'll make the assumption that President Trump is going to win the nomination. We know he's winning in most states. And where do you think, where do you see him going? Straight back to the White House. So who's he taking, who's going to be his Who's going to be the vice president? And I want to put that out to the audience. Who do you think is his best choice? Uh, we've heard names like uh, Melania supposedly wants Tucker Carlson. We have, uh, let's see, who else do we have out there? Is it going to be Nikki Haley? It's not going to be Ron DeSantis. One, they both live in the same state. Um, so it, it, do you see somebody else coming in? Uh, who do you think makes President Trump a better candidate? Or do you think that President Trump doesn't quite make it either because of his federal and state criminal trials um, or uh, he, do- he doesn't, uh, Ron DeSantis or somebody picks him up? So with that, uh, we are going to roll in here to a break, pay some bills. And uh, I hope that you guys will join the conversation and let's talk about the uh, vice presidents and uh, who Donald Trump may pick. We'll be back in a few minutes. Back to Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Black and Right Radio with John Anthony. I am your guest host, the prosecutor, Dennis Rebelletti, and riding shotgun with me is the trouble, troublemaker, Verlon Galloway. 
And when we left off, we were chatting about who do we think, assuming uh, Donald John Trump becomes our uh, Republican nominee, who his vice presidential candidate would be. Who do you think helps Trump uh, go over the top? Or what do you think the weaknesses are that Trump has that that vice president could bring to the ticket? So, Verlon, we chatted a little bit uh, during the break. Uh, who is your uh, perfect choice for vice president and why? I like Christy Gnomes because I think she would center him. You know, she she's poised and she's not an overbearing personality. So I and I think it it'll make him look good. She would make him look good. Do you do you think then is it also your thought that you'd like to see her be president? That gives her because Trump can only serve four years, right? He's only got four years left, so she'd almost have to start running for president. I would say almost right away. But do you think she has the foreign policy chops? Do you think she has enough exposure on the national scene that she could be value added to the ticket? I don't know much about her foreign policy. Uh, she hasn't spoken about that as I've seen. But as far as exposure, she was hot for a second. You know, she was a hot for about two years. So uh, now she's kind of like, you know, toned it down. But I think she would be a good choice, and she's a good speaker. And I would like to see her in 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 a debate with someone like a Nikki Haley or some other people that's running for president right now. I think she could. Give it a good go. Uh, and at this point, I would be leaning towards uh, Nikki Haley, even though, you know, I like uh, Ron DeSantis. I think she brings good foreign policy expertise. I think her being able to talk about the abortion issue, she has hit it out of the park on that and has pushed the issue back onto the Democrats. I think she provides a balanced ticket. And I know that they've obviously sparred, but I don't think that really stops anybody. And I know that some people find her to be a neocon and she's uh, she's not their cup of tea. But I think she uh, acquitted herself quite nicely when I uh, in some of these debates where I think that uh, she would be somebody you could send overseas uh, to deal with um, any types of issues. Uh, unlike uh, when uh, Kamala went overseas to Poland and put together some word salad that nobody could quite make out. But that's uh, pretty much what she does. But I want to go to the phone lines here. Uh, if we could take Robert from Bloomingdale. Uh, thank you, Robert, for calling in. You're on uh, Black and White Radio with uh, the prosecutor and the troublemaker. How are you, sir? Good. We're doing. How are you doing, today, uh, Mr. Robinetti? Good. Listen, your township building looks really nice, too, during Christmas. Oh, well, thank you very much. Uh, I, I really appreciate that. We This is the first year we've had a chance to do it, and uh, uh, I, I think uh, it looks looks beautiful we've gotten a lot of compliments so thank you for that so uh, what is your thought about vice presidential candidates well all the candidates that are, are you're mentioning are w- really interesting so she uh tucker carlson but i think the candidate and um, uh, vanessa and christy gnomes and all the rest but i think as far as a crossover candidate i would have to say it would probably have to be maybe somebody as well like like tucker carlson who's got a large following and he's got a lot of listeners and people like the guy and um a second choice would be chrissy gnomes or maybe even uh ted cruz would be a good uh vice presidential choice but i could see him eventually becoming senate majority leader and for some reason i could just foresee that happening mcconnell's going to leave and hopefully the republicans take over and, and next year or soon and 
I could see him taking What do you think about all this? Well, well I have to tell you, interestingly enough, on, on uh, Ted Cruz, the Democrats, for some reason, think they can take him out. They really think that uh, Texas is trending away from the Republicans. And I don't know if Ted Cruz would necessarily want to give up his seat, uh, but he may. Um, you know, he also had some spats there with uh, with Trump. But I think all that stuff gets left behind. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I think Nikki Haley, I just like her from a personal standpoint of how what she brings to the ticket. But then there's always the issue. Do you find somebody from a swing state uh, and and find a candidate that we haven't even thought about yet that might be on there. Remember, Trump didn't really uh, pick Pence. Uh, he got snowed in, I think. There were, somehow he got delayed in Indianapolis. He's yeah. sitting around with Mike Pence, and they, they hit it off, and then he becomes the vice president. So I think it's out there, but I think a, a female on the ticket would be great. I think somebody with some strong foreign policy chops would be great, but just somebody that could go out and be around the country and rally the, that middle group that feels that they've been left out. So I, 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 yeah. have, I have a problem with Nikki Haley because she wants to keep tabs on every American's accounts, whether it's your Facebook account or your Twitter account. She's, that's like the, uh, what Bush had back in the day, uh, the Patriot Act, where they were, trying, where they were tracking people. I, I don't like that. I don't like that type of stuff. No, I, I, I agree with you, Verlon. Um, uh, and so I, I get it. I, I don't know why she said that. I don't know why she, she would think you could do that. I mean, I mean, think about how anonymous the papers were by our founders and, and just in general. So I don't, I, tracking by the government is something I'm not supportive of. And Robert, thank you for calling in. Uh, have a Merry Christmas, sir. Thank you, Ron. So Ver, Verlon, uh, uh, continue with that. Uh, so you, what else do you don't you like about Nikki Haley? Is that the only beef you have with her? Is there something else that you're not sure about? I think she quit on Donald Trump. You know, I think she stabbed him in the back. She said she wasn't thinking about running for president. She wasn't going to run for president. Now she's running for president. I, I just, I don't trust her. Uh, Jason from uh, Melrose. How are you, sir? Welcome to Black and Right. Hey, good afternoon, gentlemen. Thank you for taking my call. Absolutely. What are your thoughts on the vice presidential nominee? Well, I think, and I know you mentioned that the uh, Sanctus and uh, you know Trump are from the same state. Although Trump has residency in New York, uh, so all he would have to do is change his residency if they were able, ever able to work out their their issues. Uh, I think that would be a strong ticket, and I also like Tucker Carlson. Right. So for DeSantis, do you, do you think there's too much of a riff there now? I mean, you see that DeSantis is uh, struggling to stay on the campaign trail. Uh, some of his big money backers are are leaving and going to Nikki Haley. Do you do you think that you think he even makes it to Illinois? Uh, well, it, here's my thoughts, my honest thoughts on that. And, you know, you call me conspiracy theorist or what have you. I think the issues between Trump and DeSantis is a ruse. I think it's to throw off the Democrats to think that they are against each other, and I think at the last minute they're going to get together. That's well, what I think. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you for calling in. I agree with you. I think DeSantis would also be great on the ticket. Here is a veteran. Here is somebody who's been in Congress. Here is somebody who's run the state of Florida, I think, about as best as can be. Uh, he's turned that state around. Um, I'm a big fan of Ron DeSantis. I, I just know that this has been a tough time for him to be running. So uh, let's see what how he uh, comes in. But uh, let's go out to Mitchell and Des Plaines. Mitchell, how are you, buddy? 
Hey, uh, Merry Christmas there, uh, Dennis and Berlon. Great job last week, Team Taurus. You did a great job. Um, I wanted to ask you guys something really specifically regarding elections. First of all, Trump would do great with uh, with Carrie Lake. Okay, she was basically got screwed out of that, you know, that that situation. And I think they share a very similar path of victory. Um, If you look at basically, you know, Kennedy, who is a third party independent. For a lot, we talked about this. Obviously, people in the media want to say it's going to have a positive effect on Trump. However, here's the thing. When you talk about a third-party influence, the one person who had most influence in the 1968 was George Wallace. He won five states, Louisiana, Arkansas. He won Alabama, Mississippi, and Georgia. He got 46 uh, electoral, uh, electoral college votes. Now, Perot in 92 against Bush gets all this media that he's in the debates, he only gets 18.9% of the popular vote. Does not won one single state. Yet everybody thinks that the reason why Clinton wins against Bush is because of pro. Not so. It was that talk about like not knowing the facts. You've got to win states. Now Vermont, Dennis, deep down inside, how do you see the path forward? Do you think that Kennedy's gonna win any states when he entered in, in the 2024? Because that that's the Southern strategy. In this case, it's the perennial swing state strategy. He needs to win in Pennsylvania. He has to win, obviously, in Michigan, Wisconsin, obviously, Arizona, Georgia, you know, and, and of course, Florida and Iowa. Those are the keys to the pathway. We have to focus on the 270. Do you hear what I'm saying here, Daniel? Oh, I hear what you're saying, Daniel. You. <laughs> Merry Christmas. And we are going to a hard break here in a few seconds. And Verlon and I are going to give you our thoughts on RFK's, uh, his attempt to become president of the United States. We'll be right back. This is Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Black and Right. You're here with the prosecutor and the troublemaker. If you want to give us a call, 312-642-5600 is the phone number. Uh, we have so I want to answer um, the previous question posed to us, Verlon. What does RFK? What does he do to the race? What do, do you? So Mitchell uh, told us, "Hey, does he win any states? Does he win any 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 electoral votes? What are what are your thoughts?" No, absolutely not. Um, Mitchell's absolutely right. The only way you can win is by winning states. The popular vote doesn't mean anything. And I think that we kind of let the media put that in our head, like the popular vote matters. And and, and we get to debating the popular vote when it matters not at all. You have to win states, and he doesn't have a chance. I, I agree with you. And, Mitchell, I don't think RFK has a chance. It's interesting, though, when you go look at those six or seven swing states, who does RFK hurt the most because you're going to have a group of people who feel disinterested because the orange man is bad they don't like biden so do they did they gravitate towards him as a protest vote and at, at the end of the day how does that to me that just goes back to is that trump is that biden gaining the advantage um so it'll be interesting to see where actually what states he even gets on the ballot because if he's running as an independent, and I and I think he is, the thresholds like in Illinois are huge signature thresholds uh, to get on the ballot. So he's going to have his work cut out for him. So we may not even see him 
in all 50 states. So that will be interesting uh, to do. So let's uh, head back to the uh, phone lines. Uh, we have uh, my good friend from Blue Island. How are you, Tom? What's up, Tom? Hi, Dennis. How are you? Good. How are you, sir? So I'm going to... Dennis, I'm going to take a little run at you, and that if you get a little upset with me, that's fine. But first, I'm going to take a run at Verlon. I know why Verlon likes Chrissy Nome because, you know, she's like six feet tall and she's good looking. I can understand that. Yeah, you know me, Tom. She's beautiful. So, Dennis, unless I misunderstood you, you know, a few minutes ago, you, you said preferably the vice presidential candidate would be uh, a female, which. I mean, it's just like, are we playing the left's identity politics game here? We we need change in this country. If, if I had to make a vice presidential choice, which no one votes for the vice president. If, Ver, if Verlan was running for vice president, he'd get as many votes as I would get zero. Um, but I'd go with Larry Elder or I'd go with Larry Elder or Carrie Lake. But I wouldn't go with Larry Elder because he's black, and I wouldn't go with Carrie Lake because she's a woman. I'd go with them because they're America First candidates. I wouldn't go with Vivek Ramaswamy because he's Indian. I'd go with him because he's an American First candidate. Christy Nome is another establishment Republican, just like Nikki Haley is. And Dennis, I just like to, unless I misunderstood you. I I just like to challenge you on that, sir. No, and, and I appreciate that, and that's why we have this platform. So, part of when you're looking at putting a ticket together, you're trying to figure out how do you thread that needle, how do you bring more people to that presidential candidate, and does bringing on a woman does that help you? That meaning Trump, does that help him pick up votes in Wisconsin? Does that help him pick up votes uh, in? Pennsylvania. And, I, and, and that's where in, in Arizona, Carrie Lake is not going to be there because she's running for U.S. Senate. She, I think she'd be a great choice. And, and I understand what you're saying. I'm just saying that that's how generally people look at it. it it's it, you're right. Nobody's voting for the vice president, but it's always like this big reveal. And we all we are always concerned about it. But we always figure one, do they hurt the ticket? And number uh, number two, what are they? What do they actually bring? Because the the thing we always have to remember is, if something happens to the president of the United States, they are going to have to step up. Do we believe they can govern? Do we believe they can step right in, as, as we saw with LBJ uh, after the Kennedy assassination? I mean, you, you you just never know. You're a heartbeat away from the presidency. Uh, and is that person then able to take the country and lead the country? I'm telling you from a, how, how, from a political analyst point, I'm with you, though, in the, in the bigger picture. You want to have the best candidate forward, but people are always, there's going to be a push from donors and others to say you want to balance ticket out. There's a woman on the other side, and, and sometimes you're, you're, you're trying to look at it from that perspective, Tom. So. I don't disagree. I don't disagree with you. I would only push back with Angel, and I I would agree with you. But I would have, and and in that vein, I mean, we can see the power of the offensive line that Kamala Harris has brought to the to what what did the Philadelphia Eagles call it? The tush push to to really support Joe Biden. You know, everyone's really wondering what's going on with Kamala Harris, and I would tell you. I'm devastated by 
the demise of Ron DeSantis. Either Ron DeSantis is not as wise a politician as he was purported to be, or I hate the other side of it, that there's phoniness involved. This man was an America first candidate. All this man had to do Tom, we're, was side along We're going to be up against a break. We're going to be up against a break here. Respond- Hold that thought. You're, you're on with Black and Right. We'll see you in a few seconds. This is Black and Right with John Anthony uh, on AM 560. The answer. Welcome back to Black and Right Radio with John Anthony. I am your guest host, Dennis Rebelletti, the prosecutor here with Verlon Galloway, the troublemaker. Tom, I, I, if you're still there, I want to have you finish up your thoughts. I am, sir, and I appreciate you holding me over. I'd, and I'll, I'll surmise it quickly. I, I believe Ron DeSantis has lost more political capital than Gary, than Gary Hart did when he was rolling around with Donna Rice back in the bit, and I believe it was eighty-eight or ninety-two. And all I mean by that is there has to be an understanding in the Republican Party, and and that's and it can be from never Trumper. You don't have to love Trump. I originally was a Scott Walker fan. Donald Trump stood up for America. And and it this gets to a question I've asked for Alon before, I've asked John before. What is so egregious about this statement, make America great again? What is the pejorative there? And that being said, if you if, if I can answer that, I can I can answer the I can answer the question for you, Tom. Yeah. Um it's because the left demonizes that statement because they're going to throw the minorities out there first and say what was so great for black people back uh, whenever he's talking about again so that that's that's what makes the statement bad it ain't bad to me it's not bad to you but the left will always play the race card how minorities was treated back in the day so that's what makes the statement bad and i agree verlon president trump is a populist that's what that's the trend now in in uh, where the communities and society is at. And to me, it's it, here's the opportunity. Um, well, we just throw everybody out of the bus. We call everybody a racist. You're painted with that and go back home and don't say anything. And I think people are now getting past that because I don't there's nothing wrong with saying make America great again or that's keep right. America great. There's nothing wrong with that, because one, I'm proud to be an American. I'm proud that I live here and. You, you know, there's nothing wrong with having pride in this country. I get so tired of having to listen to people tell me what a terrible country America is and all it is. It, it, you know, we go back through history and relitigate history and everybody who came before us was perfect, I guess. And we're the only people that are the bad people. But America first is not a bad thing. It's there's nothing wrong with that. And so, Tom, thanks for calling in. Merry Christmas to you. I do want to talk about DeSantis for a little bit because well, I, I liked him as when we saw him as as a, a governor standing up during COVID when nobody else would. And he pushed back 
on the narrative. He put himself in the limelight. And here's a guy who barely won his his gubernatorial race. And then you see him come in. The, the state of Florida has changed drastically. More and more people that are moving there are the Republicans fleeing from Illinois and from California. And now you've taken cities like Miami where Republicans represent Miami. And that was never the case. And now he, he builds this coalition. And I think, Tom, to your question, is there was a law in Florida that said that Ron DeSantis could not openly run for president because basically he'd have to resign his governor's position. And the General Assembly ran as quickly as they could to uh, pass the legislation, but he was also governing. And I think he didn't know how to separate himself even once the law was passed. And I think a lot of other people jumped in and started taking up his time. I'm disappointed on, on how the campaign is run. People are much more concerned with if you wore white boots to a disaster scene, which I don't know what uh, consultant thought that was a good idea. People are very concerned about his cowboy boots and if they have lifts in them. And that's what people start to look at. And that's what the media feeds you. Not about what DeSantis actually brings to the table, brings to the race and what he could do if he let's say he was the vice president. What does he bring based off of what I told you is the vice president is not the sexy part of the ticket. Nobody cares until it has to happen. Could he step up? And also, with Trump only having one term, that means that that person is going to most likely be our standard bearer for the Republican Party four years later. So uh, I, I appreciate that question. Um, Kip from the Valley. You're on with uh, Black and Right, and myself and Verlon uh, welcome you and wish you a Merry Christmas. What's up, Kip? Well, Merry Christmas to all the listeners at 560 here, and you too there as well, and prayers to John and all, and, and, and listen, our country has gone through a lot, but we've never done it with open borders. So that is a very concern to me, you know. I mean, right now, we're just kind of just going through the, ah, uh, you know what? I don't know. I, I, I could say a lot of things where I don't want to say them because you just look out for yourself, you know, because the, 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 Police nowadays aren't there to protect you. They're there to, you know, what happened, you know. So really love your neighbor, of course, and all that. But how can you love your neighbor when they're not your neighbor, you know? Yeah. I mean, and Kip. I mean, I, I don't know how to say it that that you, you got to pray because. There's nothing to get us by than praying. You're right, Kip. We're coming up to a break. I see what you wrote up here on the screen. George Michaels will win you over. We'll be right back. And now, more Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. Just 
with your attitude. Go and level up yourself. Thanks for being with us this evening on Black and Right Radio with John Anthony. I'm your guest host, Dennis Rebloody, with the troublemaker, Verlon Galloway. Uh, Kip was talking about the border, and he brings up some very good points. But it's hard to keep America great or make America great again when you are inviting tens of thousands of people to come into the country every week. There is nowhere for them to be taken care of. And now we have turmoil and chaos uh, in the city of Chicago trying to find places for the migrants. Uh, And why isn't the president of the United States, whose number one task is to protect the residents, why isn't he shutting down the border? I know people have talked about it a number of times on this station and at other platforms. The reality is you have people coming in from Afghanistan, from China, from Iran, from a number of terrorist states. They are not being vetted. There are going to be terror cells in this country, and it's only a matter of time before they strike us here. And the assumption that any time any migrant or asylee comes here, one, it's always they have a valid claim, and two, they're simply here for a better life. I have no problem with people coming here for for a better life. That's how my great-grandparents came here. They came into Chicago and assimilated from Poland, from Yugoslavia, from Italy, and they learned the language. They went to school when they got a chance. They raised their family, worked two or three jobs. I'm okay by all of that. But what I've learned from my township is that we have a lot of people here who have been non-citizens, who don't have a pathway, who are now extremely frustrated with the migrants because they feel that they have now been jumped in line. So you are starting to create divisions throughout local communities. And you may not think it's in your town, but it's coming everywhere. And every town is going to be forced to deal with it. So one of the things I wanted to put into all of your minds, and we're always saying, what can we do locally? I don't want to run for office. I, 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 I want to participate. Go to your next town meeting in your community and ask them what their plan is to address the migrants that are coming. They are coming. I have been told, and I have been in meetings, that there are going to be a large amount of migrants that are going to be put into Chicago right around the time the DNC is here. The city of Chicago is already reaching out to communities in my township of Addison Township. We, we have part of the airport in our township of O'Hare, and they are looking for places to put the migrants. When I drove here from the University of Chicago and I saw all the tents along the expressway, Verlon, where was the help for those homeless people? Did you see, did you see on the news where, you remember, Oak Park reached out and said, give us, give us some of these migrants. Now they're saying we can't handle it. Right. We can't handle it. It's too much. The virtue signaling is no longer. We, we're, uh, uh, we, I have to see Elmhurst's for everyone signs. But Oak Park is no different. You're saying you can't handle it. You just said here, they just brought about 100 people back in. And said here, 
Come with us. We're going to help you guys out. So I want to continue talking about this because this is a crisis, not of only of conscious, but of real policies where rubber meets the road and it's coming to a town near you. You're with myself and the troublemaker. We will be right back. to have your mind opened. The lies of the mainstream media are about to be exposed and the hypocrisy of the left is about to be revealed. This is a revolution in how you think about politics, race, and culture. You've tuned into Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. I'm coming in hot. We are coming in hot to the second hour of Black and Right Radio with John Anthony. If you missed the first hour, you can head over to AM560 and you can download the podcast. As I have said here before, I, I was just talking to Verlon. I listened to him on the podcast last week. The man goes very deep. When I talk about deep, he goes back in history to show how things can tend to repeat themselves or why things are here. I listen to it while I'm traveling, uh, and it's a nice way, if you don't have a chance to listen to everything, that you can uh, still follow up with the uh, debates of the day. So I do want to go to the phone lines. If uh, you want to reach out to us, 312-642-5600. Jim from South Elgin, a good friend of this show and a great sponsor of this show. Welcome to Black and Right Radio. Well, thank you. A uh, good job filling in today. And uh, Verlan, you did a good job last week. So Thank you. I appreciate keep, it. Keep this place hopping. Uh, this Tuesday, I was at Mar-a-Lago. Uh, it was an event for Darren Bailey, but it wasn't really with Trump. It just happened to be simultaneously there. It was uh, more of a private reception type of thing, but Trump was there. And when I was there, Trump had a big meeting, a big gathering supporting uh, Mark uh, Robbins. From, uh, yeah, Mark Robbins for... Uh, from Georgia? Yeah, North Carolina governor. North Carolina, yes. He was great. It was a great speech. A play was a pool. was was just packed with people. It was really a tremendous amount, a, a, trend, a tremendous event, sorry. And then later on, up, you know, when the other event was gone, he was up just walking around. We shook hands with him and stuff. And uh, he's acting like he's not affected by this at all. You know, and what's happening here in Chicago, like you mentioned for a lot about Oak Park, you know, people are starting to realize this is too much. And our friends on Urban Talk Radio still want to blame the governor, their governors of Florida and Texas, for the migrants coming up. So, well, you know, <laughs> the the job of the federal government is to protect the borders. In the case of Texas, they even put a barbed wire fence down and things. And you have Biden and those people taking bulldozers, lifting up the fence so people can come in underneath. Well, the Democrats are are great with spin. You know, like uh, let's take it back to uh, to COVID. They shut down cities and states. But act like the problem with uh, unemployment just fell out of the sky. Oh, it's Trump's fault. They're good with spin. Like when I was arguing on radio with with uh, Ricky, he was like, "When Trump left office, it was six point nine unemployment, but before COVID, it was three point five. They will lie. They will spin, and and they just act like the problem fell out of the sky. Man, you can't. You just can't listen to them. But they have their own little bubble, and they're gonna spread their lies. But we have to." We have to rise above that and, and understand what the facts are. 
So, so uh, Jim, you were saying that when you saw Trump, he didn't look uh, impacted by all the the legal trouble. He's, I mean, he's fighting every which he way. Like he was having the best time of his life. Well, <laughs> I, I, I got to tell you, God bless him because uh, when you're under indictment in four different you know, different jurisdictions, and you got a civil judge in New York trying to hand it to you, um, it, it, that's it's got a way on any man or woman. That's that's a lot to deal with. But Jim, thank you for calling in. Thank you for your sponsorship. Uh, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you, my friend. Hey, Dennis. Yes, sir. But I've been hearing a lot of these cases, at least two of the four are falling apart. They, um, the, one in, the one in New York said you know, that, that uh, case with the, with the stripper, whatever, or no, the porn star. Right. That's not going to make it. It's uh, the, the um, Rico case. That's falling apart. Well, I'll, I'll stop you with the RICO case because I'm the guy who wrote the RICO statute here in, in Illinois. Um, the, you have people flipping over there, and you, you. So I don't know exactly what they're going to be testifying to, but they all got deals. So that and RICO cases are extremely complicated and very complex and take a long time to put together. It seemed like it was slapped in together way too fast, but. That's something I've been keeping an eye on. I think the civil case is BS. That should be appealed. Um, you know, when you start dealing with accountants and consultants, anybody can tell you what something is worth or not worth. That's can be very uh, subjective, but nobody lost any money. That's a political prosecution. And then when you look at the his papers trial, I right. think that's a bunch of garbage. Yeah. Um, now it's going to be interesting to me is the thing in D.C. because D.C. is not going to uh, you're not going to find a, a very uh, a jury that that is going to be a pro Trump type jury. Yeah. Um, but that's going to be a more complicated thing. But that is now in front of the Supreme Court with executive privilege. And so they're going to take that up because Trump is exerting executive privilege. The special prosecutors trying to race through everything. Mm-hmm. They want to They want to go take him to task. And what the left has never learned is every time that they take Trump to task, his numbers just go up. Mm-hmm. And and people that are, uh, uh, as I've said before, I'm not a never Trumper, but I'm not an only Trumper. And every time somebody that uh, people who may not be supportive go, you know what, this is BS. Mm-hmm. How could you treat any American like that, especially a candidate where you want him to be on trial during an election? And you want to slow him down and the fundraising down and his campaigning down. It, it definitely there, there, there's definitely political undertones that are there. And it should be disconcerting to uh, this audience and, and the residents of the state and the country, because you want to see an election fought at the ballot box, not fought in the courthouse. I'm going to tell you what I tell everybody else. An American president will never see a day in jail because that's a black eye to America. I, I just do not believe America will send a, a former president, even one that half of America, I would say, probably not, but I'm going to just give half of America hates Donald Trump. I do not believe they will send this man to jail. I don't believe it. I'd have to imagine, Verlon, first, Biden, Hunter Biden's never going to prison. His father is going to pardon him either after he wins his second term or before he leaves office. So all that's this is all pomp and circumstance. He's not going to plead guilty. They're going to drag his case out. They will not be in any rush to prosecute that case. Um, and I think that the same thing with Trump, I think he ends up pardoning himself. He doesn't have to go deal with all the stuff. 
uh, even if he wants to prove himself uh, innocent or technically not guilty of the of the allegations. But again, you just want to be able to go govern. And I'm with you. It makes it just makes this country look like a third world country, a banana republic. This is the progressive attack on the system and weaponizing the system against really the most open and free elections in the entire world. So if you want to join our conversation, 312-642-5600, I do want to put it out there to any Republican candidates that are running anywhere in the state of Illinois. If you want to call in, we would love to talk to you, learn about your candidacy, your district, your platform. So our listeners, if they live in your district or want to become involved in your campaign, we have a lot of people here that we need to get involved. Right, Verlon? I mean, we need to get everybody. We just can't talk. We just can't sit in our, our, uh, on our couch throwing shoes at the TV. We're going to have to, to rise up. We're going to have to help one another. We're going to have to get good candidates across the finish line. And I think you're going to see some surprises coming up here in the new year. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that, Verlon? Oh, yeah, we have to. Because if we lose this election coming up, whether it's the federal election or some of these states that we need to hold, we lose the country. I mean, we have one year to get it in gear. Well, now it's less than one year. What would it be, 11 months, 10 months? We right. got to get it in gear. Otherwise, we're going to lose this nation, this great nation. You, you want to let the left win? I don't want to let the left win. And look at Dennis sitting across from me. He still has hope for Illinois. He and John has hope for Illinois. <laughs> I, I, you know, it, it, I do. I, 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 there, sometimes I get very frustrated with the, the way the state is going. I have said till I'm blue in the face that the gerrymandering that was put together by Speaker Welch and President Harmon is theft of democracy. You cut up pieces of communities, and what you do is you may not see it, but you disenfranchise voters. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about that, Verlon. My township became the first township to have a road testing facility. I worked with the Secretary of State, Alexi Janulius, who is a, a good guy, worked with them. We got it in there, and we were able to do that in three weeks. We were able to find space make the infrastructure changes. They were able to bring all their stuff in, and it's now helping serve the community, our residents being able to access state services closer to home instead of going to the Lombard facility, which is a disaster, or having to drive way out of town. So who was there? The Senate president, who represents DuPage County. You had a ton of of Democrat senators and legislators, representatives, that never used to be the way in DuPage County, Verlon. You might get a little blowback for that compliment that you just said about Alexi Janine. Well, I may, but you know what? I, I've worked with them. Sometimes you have to work with the other side to get things done. And, and at this point, they are in power. But uh, he approached me, and we're trying to work for mutual constituencies. Let's talk more about that. Should you work with the other side right after this? We now return to Black and White on AM560, The Answer. Here's John Anthony. Welcome back to Black and Right with John Anthony, who's taking the day off. He's uh, put the prosecutor and the troublemaker in charge right now. Um, This reminds me, Verlon, we were just talking about 
uh, during the break if if for next year, and I, know, and I know John Anthony's not even listening to this show. I, <laughs> I know he doesn't listen. He's taking some time away. I think that maybe there should be some new songs in the playlist for next year. He's, I, he's thinking of some. I, I don't know what he, he doesn't tell But maybe, maybe you put it out to the audience, the people that listen to the show. Maybe there might be a couple things that they would like to insert. So if you guys have any ideas of songs you may want to insert into the program, give us a call, 312 642 5600 you can also reach out to us on all the other platforms you can i don't have facebook but i know we, this show has a facebook page and john has a facebook page john's on twitter i'm on twitter at dennis rebeletti and reach out to us let us know what you think about that uh we're gonna go back to the phone lines tom from Sherville, welcome to black and right Yes, I, I recently watched the movie Police State, and in the movie it points out, uh, and I knew this already, that when the FBI informants, most of them, were breaking into the Capitol, Trump was three miles away giving his speech, and most of the people that were at the Stop the Steal rally were, were listening to him. They weren't anywhere near the Capitol. They were three miles away. Well, they're they're demonizing his words. You 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 see the word salad. No, he said be patriotic and peaceful. And they cut that part out for I don't know how long and ran. Go fight, go fight. That's all they ran in the media, and it had to even go to court for the judges to say what he said: patriotic and peaceful. I, I just said earlier, the left lies. They lie, lie. They spin and they lie. So I mean, we're up That's against a uh, we, we're up against a powerful media, right? And not only are you up against that, you now have the you you have the federal government involved, and the issue is that they want they've subpoenaed and found out what phones Trump was using. Was he using the phones he was supposed to be using? They want to they are able to track the GPS locator on the phone and where his Twitter account was from. What was he doing? Where was he doing it? And again. Uh, you're getting a number of charges based off of basically him inciting the riot and witness tampering and all this other stuff. And, and so it, it's, it's just going to be interesting how all this stuff plays out because he's exerting executive privilege over those phones and that, uh, that the grand jury should not have access to it. They, they hurried up to run to the Supreme Court so they could hurry up to get to a trial next year. I think the Supreme Court, I don't know if it should go to the appellate court first, but I think the Supreme Court takes it. It's going to take them some time. I don't think they're going to be any, in, in any rush to, to make the ruling on it. So I think that's just going to pause uh, that trial. So we'll, we're going to have to wait and see what happens to it. Okay, I have a question uh, for the prosecutor. How does Enrique Tario get 22 years when the man was in Baltimore when the whole thing happened? I, you know, I wish... I. I <laughs> Hmm. I wish I could help you with that. I, I, I'm just amazed at, at, at how some of these prosecutions have went, some of the sentences on these cases. And it, it, to me, it, it's uh, people get 20-year sentences on murder and on rape and robbery, and that seems to be a very high number for, for the actual crime he's you know, uh, uh, Enrique Tario is a business guy and ran for political office in Florida at one point he I don't even think he has a criminal record other than uh doing some uh trespassing and that's about it 
Right. And so it's been interesting that for people who talk about, you know, end cashless bail, that most of these defendants have sat in custody. I'm shocked by that. I'm surprised that they have not been released uh, on some form of bail uh, and, and allowed to defend themselves by working with their attorneys out it with uh, out of custody, not in custody. So I appreciate you uh, calling us here on Black and Right. So, Verlon, we we've been talking about. Uh, we want to go back to the, the public safety in general. We were talking about the migrants. Um, when do you do what? And we just saw uh, that we were CNN is on here on in the studio on, on the monitor. It was talking about. What was their headline for line? Something about the Trump gives uh, hateful speech on yeah. immigrants. Yeah, he's, he, he's using uh, hateful rhetoric, rhetoric for the migrants. Right, and I, and we don't have to even look at it, but I'm I'm pretty confident he said we're going to shut the, the the border down, and I don't think that's hateful at all. You have to have borders in the country; they have to be secured. Um, and the other thing we were talking about for line at the break is not only do you have human trafficking coming through the coyotes bringing all these people through you have our neighbor mexico an ally of ours who's whistling everybody through not stopping them but you were just telling me about a friend of yours uh, that lost their lives to something i want you to, to talk a little bit more about that yeah a friend of mine uh grew up with i know from the old neighborhood uh last thursday uh, she got hold of a bad pill i believe it was fentanyl in it and uh, she died. Uh, but, you know, all of our kids and friends, not all of them, let me, let, me, let me clean that up, a lot of them are taking these drugs, you know, party drugs, and they're dying left and right. Now think about that. I didn't think that that would come to be, you know, in, in my circle. But it happened last week. Bad, bad pill. And uh, she's dead. I, I thought I would probably grow old and still see her but i won't i won't see her ever again but that bad pill had fentanyl in it yeah and i was talking to our dupage county coroner rich jorgensen recently at an event and he was telling me now that heroin is actually declining that doesn't mean that and and cocaine is making its way back but it's both of those substances almost always have fentanyl in yeah I, I was i just found out right after she died it's some people telling me they're putting fentanyl in crack because crack has lost his appeal so they're trying to bring crack back by putting fentanyl in it, it, it I, I can't believe it right and fentanyl in any amount there's not like some it, it, fentanyl is is a pain medication it's administered during pregnancies major operations and it, it that's the right purpose for it there is no amount that you can take that that doesn't put you on the cusp of death. And most of these people that are taking any of these illicit drugs, for whatever reason they're taking them, are have a good shot of ending up dead because our borders are wide open. Nobody wants to stop it. And when these people die, like your friend, Verlon, they're victims. The families become the victims. And there isn't anybody to point at because you can't say, well, who who did it? Well, we have a border that nobody seems to care about, and you're just waving trucks through. You have China 
with plants in Mexico making the stuff and then sending it out, and it's so cheap. And I don't understand why there isn't a huge outcry. Thousands of people are dying every day from overdoses. Where is the outrage? Where this is, is the progressives on this? This is what I say of progressives. This is what I say about Democrats. They create crises, and they act like it just, just happened, like it just popped out of nowhere. They create crises, and they want to swoop in and be the savior to, to, to uh, save everyone from the crisis. But I don't see them doing that with the border. I, I thought it's all about root causes, isn't it? Yeah, root causes. Oh, I forgot poverty. And poverty. Poverty, yeah. So now you can be you can take a club drug, you can take medicine out of somebody's cabinet or whatever, and they when they resell this stuff, they put fentanyl in there, highly addictive, they hope you're coming back, but then we, we're losing too many people too young, and it's a leading cause of death amongst our young, and that should that should never be a problem. How do you how do you stop this crisis, Verlon? As long as America has an appetite for getting high and using drugs, you'll never stop the crisis because it's, people just want to get high. They want to uh, they want to leave this reality just for a moment, moment or two. So unless unless we find a way to to curb our appetite for for drugs, we'll, it'll always be here. And that goes back to what I used to talk about. Is gangs, guns, and drugs. There's a lot of money to be made for them. And it's really hard to talk about the root causes of poverty when they can make a lot more money in that game instead of going out to find work. Thanks, everybody, for joining us here at Black and White Radio. We will be right back in a few minutes. the show the mainstream media doesn't want you to know about it's black and right with john anthony on am 560 the answer we are halfway through black and white radio with john anthony i'm your guest host dennis rebelody here with the troublemaker i want to jump to the phones al from rosemont merry christmas thank you for calling in what's going on al how you doing verlon how you doing prosecutor uh and happy um happy Saturday to John. I know he's not here. Um my, my my question was, as a prosecutor, how do you feel about Ed Burks about to beat this case? You think he's gonna beat the case? So yeah, he's gonna beat this case. What makes what makes you think that? Because it was a nothing to see here moment. And, and when you say that, nothing to see here, you think it's his politics as usual, so therefore I, 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 he didn't everything he Landing the tuna is is a is an example of landing the big account. Uh, w- w- what is what is there to do with somebody pressuring somebody? This this all has got lost inside the interpretation. I don't, I don't think I think he's going to win this case hands down. Well, there, I know that the four defendants in the Comed case filed an appeal because there was just another ruling. I can't remember if it's the Supreme Court or on the appellate courts. And again, this gets into the politicization of prosecutions because uh, if are you using your office to enrich yourself are you and that's going to be the whole thing he's the chair of the zoning committee right and so if you want this zoning you got to use his law firm and so it's going to be up to the prosecutors to to show that he was able to do that Um, 
I know that they brought former Alderman Solis on to try to dirty him up, but when you know, I, I think people. Oh, they, oh. That's a bringing Solis on the stage. I think they ripped apart this case right there on the stand. Uh, and, and it's going to be was on the floor. I, I think you're right. I think it's going to be an interesting outcome. Uh, it is, you know, it's interesting how these prosecutions happen because George Ryan, everybody before him was always doing that type of stuff, and then he gets caught. Then you would think that everybody else would learn from that, but you saw what Madigan was doing for all those years. You see what Blagojevich was doing, and a lot of people on this station like him. Um, and you, you see at Burke, uh, now with his case. So I, I think it's going to be interesting. Is it, is it just, uh, is it quid pro quo? Is anybody hurt out of it? Who is the victim? Uh, is it just, Hey, uh, I got a, a law firm and I offer this service or is it, Hey, you better use me or you're not going to get your zoning. And if that's the case, exactly. I think he's found, I think he's found guilty, but I don't see him going to prison. I think he's, he's an, he's an old man who has a lot of money, who is going to have the opportunity to appeal, and I think the case drags itself out, and, and who knows how it will come up. But I, I think we're going to probably get a verdict sometime in the next week or so, so it will be interesting to uh, see. Do you have any thoughts on that for a while? Well, these waters are kind of deep for me, but from what I saw on the news, he didn't say anything. They haven't presented anything um, that would incriminate him. Uh it's, it's just business as usual in Chicago, Illinois. And uh, I think he may beat it. I think he may beat it. Well, let's, let, then that's one thing we need to be uh, thoughtful about into the new year, Verlon. Let's, uh, let's take, if, if you want to join the conversation, 312-642-5600. Uh, I'd like to see what your thoughts are on that prosecution. It, it is, uh, at Burke, going to be found guilty. How long will it take? Uh, I'd be interested to hear what your thoughts are. You, most of you are following it in the newspaper. Uh, the Tribune has done a great job uh, on reporting about it. So, Al, thank you for calling in. Uh, we appreciate you participating in this show. See, this is law- this is tailor-made for you. This is lawyer stuff. So you would know. Did you hear anything incriminating so far? Well, I, I'm, I think the biggest concern is, is the Burger King uh, where he is sitting with everybody at the Burger King and Burger King's trying to do their signs or whatever else they're trying to do. And and you you have to wonder if um, that that is a... I think it becomes problematic that you're saying, basically, I'm not going to let you have a sign because you're not doing business with me. So uh, that is part of the problem. You know, it's not where he's fundraising and, and uh, you know, there's always those calls for campaign finance reform, he, you know, it, it, did somebody just give him a contribution and then he happens to pass it? I mean, uh, but I, you'd have to you have to really look at the video again and you have to make the decision on a factual basis beyond a reasonable doubt. Do you believe that he was using the power of his office to enrich his law practice? So do, do they have him on tape? Yes. In, oh, they do have him they on have tape? On, yes. They they have him on, on overhears, phone calls. There's video. You can go watch the video uh, on any of these. Uh, the Tribune has them. But you can watch Ed Burke sitting in the Burger King. I, I, I saw a couple of videos, but I did not hear him say, hey, you got to use my law, my law practice or you don't you don't get any. Well, there's fine lines around how we talked about it. But you heard him talking about landing the big tuna. And obviously that means landing the account. And again, do you. Do you believe that? Has the eagle landed for him? He wanted to know uh, where was the money. So, I mean, 
We still have his case out there. We have the four people that are pending convictions in the ComEd trial. Um, and now we, we're waiting for Mike Madigan to go to trial. When, do, when does he go to trial? What do you think about Mike Madigan's case? Is Mike Madigan going to be found guilty for all of the corrupt things he was charged with? Um, we have a lot of federal cases here in Chicago. What a, what a big surprise with corruption. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Black and White Radio with John Anthony. We will see you on the other side of this break. Black and Right continues on AM560. Once again, here's John Anthony. Welcome back to Black and Right Radio with John Anthony. You got you're here with the prosecutor and the troublemaker. I gotta say something. I'm sorry. I I went all the way back to when I said if you put the W in front of like I said the Black Information Network, I said replace it with a W White yeah. Information Network. What's that spell? I win. There you go. White people are winning. Thank you, Verlon, for, for that. <laughs> 312-642-5600. If you want to weigh in on all of the topics of the day, we've talked about corruption. We've talked about the border. We've talked about fentanyl. There is a lot of stuff to cover. And, and because of my prosecutorial background and a lot of the work that I did when I was in the General Assembly focused on criminal justice, I took interest this week, Verlon, with our friend, Mayor Brandon Johnson. And I, I've thought about you during this week because as he was out there pushing these things, I sat here one day and you were talking about how Brandon Johnson needed time. Oh. He needed an opportunity. He needed some time to get his legs under him. And he was going to present us policy, give him a shot. He's brand new, right? I knew you were going to take a shot sooner. And, and, and I, I couldn't, and I'm, I'm listening to Brandon Johnson talk about his safety plan, which I'm going to play some of this for you. And, I, and I'd and i like you, Verlon, as a defender of Brandon Johnson and his movement um, to, to tell me how you think his safety plan weighs in uh, for the needs of the, of the people of the city that he represents. Good morning to everyone who's here today. And thank you for taking time to be with us. We're here at Kennedy King College on the city's south side. I bring you greetings from the west side of the city of Chicago. (laughs) But I'm so grateful that we are launching this new plan for community safety right here on the south side. As a former social studies teacher, I hope you'll indulge me just a little bit as I provide you with just a little bit of a um, brief lesson about this space. So before he goes on to talk about Kennedy King College, and I, I'll, I'll fast forward that here in a second, he's a former, former social studies teacher. I caught that. Right? Uh-huh. So what classes, what were those kids learning, you think, Verlon, in those, in those classes? I mean... I can't even imagine. I don't. I don't. I don't know what grades he was. Uh, he was in. So, do you, what do you think? Do they th- still teach social studies? I don't know, but uh, you can imagine they were learning some uh, racist curriculum of how to get along with other people, 
or maybe it was just black information. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what he was teaching, but I don't think it was good. But when you talk about me being a defender of, of Brandon Johnson, I just wanted to be fair. I I even afforded Lori Lightfoot the same deference. I wanted to be fair. Give him a chance. You know, you just can't bombard him in, in a month or two. Give him a chance and see what they do. But I lost faith in him when he started rapping Tupac lyrics. I, I can't. I, I, I don't even know the lyrics, but I know it was Tupac lyrics. And once you start doing that, I know it's all did, a show. Did you also lose faith when he's the fanboy of, of every uh, actress and, and band that comes in here, that he's, he's more concerned about his presence on social media than he is about uh, carjackings and robberies? I mean, think about that. The, the, he's... He's out at the different concerts and stuff. He, he's opening up, you know, uh, what was that one large concert? He's there on the stage walking everybody to the city of Chicago. So that, that's that's a left trend. I saw Lori Lightfoot and um, Fox at the uh, Rivera one time. Me and my, my ex-girlfriend, we were at the Rivera uh, at a Queen Latifah Common concert. And I, I met Lori Lightfoot. The Riviera. Right. The Riviera. Okay. And I'm at the open air concert. And I met her there and shook hands. Uh, that's what they do. They they want to be celebrities in a sense. Well, let but, me let me see if I can put this clip on. If I could figure out how to fast forward it, maybe you can help me. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. You it doesn't. Gotta, right, let the, no. Let's listen to the whole thing. Hang. Okay. All right. Be be patient with me, everybody. Hang on. You know, Kennedy King College was founded 1934 out of a great need for higher education institutions to exist in the city of Chicago. Originally named Wilson and Wright Colleges. But in the 1960s, when college students across the nation were protesting war and violence and hate, Wilson Junior College was renamed Kennedy Keene College in 1969 to honor U.S. Senator Robert F. Kennedy and the civil rights leader, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., one year after they were assassinated. Dr. Keene and Senator Kennedy were two men who strived for equality. They deeply understood that solving our most... Pro- Did you notice he said striving for equality? Mm-hmm. He didn't say striving for equity. He, he said that both of those people, civil rights leaders, very important leaders of our nation and our time, they're striving for equity, I, 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 equality, not equity. Right. Pressing problems requires partnerships. And their names on this school remind the students who pass through that progress that progress can always be achieved through unity. And this college has served the city's south side. Interesting about unity, right? Mm-hmm. Unity for whom? Who is he trying to bring together? That's what I'm, I always wonder when you listen to people talk, listen to the words. We're not even to the, the crux of what his point is, but if you listen, he's already softening everybody up. Everybody's here about unity. Look at all this wonderful history because he's about to lower the boom on how he's setting up everything and how he's going to continue his soft on crime. And it's everybody else's fault but the criminal. You're sitting here with us on Black and Right Radio. We'll join you guys back here in about two minutes. Back to Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. You're listening to Black and Right Radio with the prosecutor and the troublemaker. Um... Please call us, 312-642-5600, if you want to join the conversation. 
since I'm having some technical difficulties here, when you reach 55, you're double nickels, Verlon. One day when you get there, <laughs> you, you, you have some of these uh, technological troubles. So I'm going to come back to the, the Brandon Johnson uh, safety plan after I can roll a bit more of it through the break to get to the heart of the matter. But the safety of the city of Chicago is also the safety of the suburbs and the collar counties. And one thing that I've watched, because I've seen it in my hometown of Elmhurst and Oak Brook and Hinsdale and Downers Grove, is that we have a huge influx of smash and grabs, retail theft, stolen cars. And interestingly enough, these are organized retail theft rings. Do you know, Verlan, who they are recruiting to work in those retail theft rings? 15-year-olds? 16-year-olds? Well, they're recruiting migrants. Oh! And the migrants have been arrested at Oak Brook in alarming rates. They give their address to the police and to the prosecutor's office as basically Chicago police departments. <laughs> Let that sink in, everybody. You, 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 they live at the Chicago Police Department, and they're able to get out to Oak Brook. And I, I wanted to, I have a couple things up here on, on the theft trends. Uh, I want you to listen to Attorney uh, General Kwame Raul's uh, take on this retail theft. Once you realize the organized nature of this and how much it's costing businesses and, and, and consumers and what sometimes the proceeds are used for, um, what, be it gun trafficking, human trafficking, other, other criminal activity, then you realize it's, it's a, um, a, a criminal activity that needs to be prioritized. Think about that. The attorney general is telling you this is not simple retail theft, and we always get, Verlon, we always have to hear the progressive left-wing lunacy that every retail theft is somebody simply trying to, to get some food or diapers or clothes for their baby. And what do we hear from our own attorney general? Now, not only has this become a problem that the attorney general has to address, the migrants as they come out to steal in Oak Brook, are now taking Oak Brook police, Elmhurst police, Rosemont police, on car chases up and down Route 83 and 294. And recently, I think one of the federal agencies got involved to help out. And that the attorney general gave a grant to the Oak Brook police, where they basically have their own substation with a number of cameras because there is so much retail theft there that they need additional grants with cameras and videos. They have a huge number of plate detectors all over the place. Who would have ever thought that you would need that much technology, that much assistance, so that people could actually try to go Christmas shopping, Verlon, and and not be in the face uh, of, uh, of these organized retail theft crimes. But you're missing the big picture. 
this wouldn't be happening if there were no poverty. See, that's the, that's the narrative that the left's going to push time and time again. And what you're and it's going to overshadow what you're talking about right now. No, and I appreciate your take on that because it brings you back to the root causes. We're going to go talk more about those after this break. Thank you for hanging with us on Black and White Radio. I'm the prosecutor here with the troublemaker. We'll see you in a few. Prepare to have your mind opened. The lies of the mainstream media are about to be exposed, and the hypocrisy of the left is about to be revealed. This is a revolution in how you think about politics, race, and culture. You've tuned into Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. I'm coming in hot. Perlon, we are coming in hot after we just finished our second hour here. If you missed those first couple of hours, go over to the app, download the podcast. And I know John's not listening, but he'd also want you to go take a look at getting some black and white merch that you can. It's Christmas time. Get some gifts for the kids, for, for your loved ones. He's got all different types of merchandise. It's Plenty of time he'll get it to you before Christmas. Hey, so, I'm wearing one now. I see that you have yours on. Who is they? And you know where you, you know who came up with that, right? Who came up that with that? was me. Oh, that was your brain. I don't like when people say who's because <laughs> I always ask people when you say, Well, they said this, they said that. <laughs> who are they? You're right. Who are they? You don't get to say, I don't know who that is, but you know, I, I think I I was um putting some uh feelers out there into the community, and I, I think my friend Phil is going to uh, uh, want to join us here, but I want to play this. I want to follow up just a little bit from the police chief of Oak Brook. We were talking about all the retail theft that's happening there. The attorney general told you it's a big problem. And here's the Oak Brook police chief. In about the last six weeks, we've seen a, a dramatic increase in uh, migrant arrests, specifically from Venezuela, um, coming out here, committing their crimes and heading back into the city. And And here we go. So, these are organized crime. These aren't people that are that are just trying to make it. If you if you go Google Oak Brook and, and retail theft issues, you'll there's a whole uh, story about it where they they really talk about how sophisticated these rings are and how much they're stealing, which just costs all of us more money. No, it doesn't. Ma- it does matter because remember, Verlon, we were told during all the riots that well, these people have insurance, right? Oh, it yeah. Doesn't really cost us any money. Yeah, Black Lives Matter. It's yeah. insured anyway. That's right. And before I I put Phil on, my dear friend, uh, who I enjoyed uh, some good conversation with on the boat cruise, when some of the people want to throw me off the boat, Verlon, <laughs> uh, when I was talking about Ron DeSantis, and then you were pointing at me. <laughs> You never gonna let you that were go. Pointing at my face. You never you gonna so let that mad. go. <laughs> <laughs> but here I, I did. I was able to load up because I want Phil to hear this also about Brandon Johnson's safety plan. Remember, he is going to fix all of the ills in the city of Chicago that every other Democrat. Remember that that's Democrat, right? Yeah. Every other Democrat hasn't been able to fix. And here's what he's going to do: serve the city's south side. For generations of students and Chicagoans, it is a beacon of hope in a neighborhood that has dealt with some of the most severe impacts of historic and purposeful disinvestment. It is symbolic that we- historic and purposeful disinvestment. Who did that? Devon? I want to know what that is. 
I love it. I know it's Democrats cool. did it, but Phil would say white Democrats did it. So, see, we 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 thinking so along he's the saying Rich Daly, yeah, and that whole group, yeah. And then it was was it Lori Lightfoot on as part of that? Was she purposely disinvesting in those? I'm pretty videos? sure he's not talking about recent, right? Recent man. Okay, let's hear let's hear him out. We are here at Kennedy King College on the south side of Chicago today to launch the People's Plan for Community Safety that will bring our city together to deliver a better, stronger, and a much safer Chicago. And this is a community that has the incredible ability. To have this initiative led by the community to harness the full force of government, community organizations, businesses, the philanthropic community, youth leaders, our faith leaders, to solve decades-long problems. Uh, what are those decade-long problems? Uh, are you, what are you going to say? I know what you're going to say, Verlon. Mm-hmm. We also know what Phil's going to say. Right. It, it, is it the fact that gangs have been here longer than in any other city? And it is generational gangs that kids are growing up in, and that's why they're raised, and they don't, they have, they, it's hard for them to get out of that, even walking down the street. But it, wasn't he supposed to already be doing this since he became mayor? It, it, it seems like he's a little bit late to the dance. I don't know if you, you still think he needs extra time. Not now. I mean, okay. he's, not now. <laughs> not I don't know now. I don't, here, let's, let's listen to what Brandon wants to follow up with after historic disinvestment. And to solve these problems in a new way, a bold way, an intentional way, the people's plan for community safety will protect the people who are most impacted by violence and prevent future violence through intentional investments in our people and communities. Isn't it about time that we do what safe communities around this country have done, which is to invest in people? That's what this operation and this people purpose driven plan is all about. He's going to invest in people. He's gonna he's gonna use that same tagline that got him elected. He's gonna use it at least for another year. Or he's so. got to invest in people. Let's uh-huh. let's 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 see how he's gonna invest in them. The city of Chicago aims to make Chicago safer through two strategies: one, being people based. This phase of the plan focuses our efforts on the Chicagoans who are most impacted. By again the historic disinvestment in violence. What is that? I I, I don't know. I, I, Verlon, I, I I if please call three one two six four two fifty six hundred if you can help me sort out what that what that means. That there was a purposeful disinvestment in communities and nobody noticed. Not one alderman, not one mayor, not one federal prosecutor, not not uh, uh, the Justice Department came and said, you can't do that to the Austin neighborhood. You can't do that to Inglewood. So only he's finally figured it out. Uh, wow. Talk about some unique pandering. This includes outreach and intervention with youth and adults. The highest promise. That is members of our community who have been most impacted by perpetual harm and violence. So in other words, the people who are most impacted get to provide us with the very direction to solve these critical problems. So the people that aren't getting any help are supposed to help him figure it out. Think about that, Verlon. That's what he just said. Yeah. We will also provide support for victims and survivors of violence through intentional investments. The second part of the plan is, play, is not just people place, but it's also place-based. 
Where this is a crisis, you must triage. And that is why we are first focusing our efforts on the neighborhoods that have suffered from decades of indifference and disinvestment to ensure a safer Chicago. Indifference and disinvestment. <laughs> we need an interpreter, man. I don't understand wow. none of this. Wow. I, what, we, I, this you, is why I want you to listen. Because <laughs> I listened to it. I was shocked. What is he saying? I forgot what Phil said about me. He said something about I'm I suffer from white privilege or something. He he knows the word he calls me. Okay, I, but well, I, that's actually, why I don't know. Hold on, he, we're not done with this word salad. Hold on. <laughs> For generations to come, this plan focuses on addressing the root causes of violence through a layered long-term investments in key areas: education, economic opportunity, health care, community investment. Making sure that we have um, a healthy environment, particularly around climate, housing. Climate. <laughs> oh, I, I remember what he said. I am functionally white. Oh. That's why I don't understand what he said. You're functionally white. Yeah, I don't understand what he's saying. Oh, okay. Well, then he's going to help us interpret. Hold on. <laughs> Community violence intervention and, of course, policing. We are confident that this approach will show results and deliver a safer Chicago for all of us. Because it shares the responsibility of safety across the city. Not one person nor one entity can solve the decades of disinvestment. Decades of disinvestment. It's not his fault. Nope. He just took over this job. He had no idea there was a problem. And there he is. So I want to bring Phil on. We only have about a minute and a half. but I'm going to keep Phil over for sure. Because I know, even though you're functionally white, Vermont, (laughs) that... I, I hope Phil can show us what all of this really means. Phil from Blue Island, you're on Black and White Radio. Merry Christmas to you, my friend. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, my friend. Can I be heard? Yo, you heard. You're on radio. You're on. Okay. Okay. Um, yes, I, I just need to be clear. Brian, uh, you said something a little while ago that was a little bit, um, I don't know. Uh, you said that if, as far as all of these snatching grabs, whatever they call them, that it would still be happening if... If there was no poverty, I said it wouldn't. I said it would. The left's narrative is it wouldn't be happening if there was no poverty. Okay, I maybe I misunderstood you. Okay, I thought you were saying that in 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 the fact that if there wasn't any poverty, all of this stuff would still be happening. No, no, no. I I, I repeated the left's uh, comment. If it wasn't no poverty, okay, okay, okay. Let me let me ask you this real quick. What programs are out there in the last ten years that have been um, uh, focused on youth um, uh, to the effect of jobs and 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 so forth and so on. Well, brother attorney, here I we're we're about to hit a hard break here, but I would like to be able to address that with you. You are listening to Black and White Radio with John Anthony. We are going to be back in a few minutes. Thank you for listening. This is Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. You are listening to Black and Right Radio with the troublemaker and the prosecutor. We left off here a few minutes ago with Phil from Blue Island uh, talking about, he wanted to know what programs are out there for adults and youth to find jobs and programs. And I've heard that from the left from a long time. Uh, in my experiences in the uh, Illinois General Assembly and as a township supervisor. Well, from my supervisor capacity, Verlon, you'd be surprised that I work with a group called 
dupageworkforce.net, where I take people that do not have work, we put them in contact with them. There is plenty of money for job training, to go to the College of DuPage, truck driving school, nursing school, you name it, there are programs out there, but there's not a, there's a statewide program like that. And Google has taught me a lot in the last few minutes. There is the IDHS, that's the Department of Human Services. The Youth Build Illinois program enrolls low-income youth and young adults, Verlon, ages 16 to 24, who have dropped out of school and or are unemployed. Oh, I, I can add to it. Go just ahead. think just think about Tyrone Muhammad of uh, the uh, ceasefire and uh, uh, violence prevention programs. If you want to talk about the last 10 years, uh, Dennis, you said, what did you say, the YMCA? YMCA is a program that offer different op- opportunities. The city of Chicago has a jobs and workforce training program. The Chicago Food Depository offers, uh, offers job training programs. Phil, what, what do you say about that? What other programs do you think? There's thousands of programs. You've got to bring the people to the programs. We try to do the best we can at the township. What programs do you think need to be added? Wait, wait. Before, before Phil answers that question, you can go to the unemployment office. And IDES they have, has it. Yep. Yeah. And then I want to say something else. This goes back to what I was saying last week. 55 years of this nonsense of especially black people pushing more programs, more programs. When do you get off the government dole and just go out there and do it for yourself? Now, Phil, go ahead. Um, yeah, thank you. Look, uh, again, you, you all want results. We need results. It's not just you all. The city particularly needs results. And if you have a mayor and you have a budget and if you have uh, uh, finances that, that could be used in a, in a productive, positive way, especially for a, a, a population or a generation of young people that are not being properly educated in the school system, that's a given, and that are, are, are suffering at home, and there's, there's hunger, and there's all these other ills, there's drugs, there's alcohol, there's fentanyl. These young people are facing things that we've never hunger? had to face. With all this EBT they're throwing around, what do you mean hunger? I mean, they, 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 they're wasting money on EBT. Out of everything I say, okay, now what else did I say that you disagree with? I, you know what? I'll, I'll jump in here, Verlon. He almost sounds like a Republican. He, he wants Chicago schools to produce. We all want every school in the state of Illinois should, should produce kids that can read, write, do math, and, and be able to do everything at a grade level. You're not seeing that in the city of Chicago. So you're right, Phil. I agree with you. I also agree with you that we want results. I have no problem investing in programs that help young people and adults get back on their feet so they can pay taxes and take care of their families. But we were always of this belief that progressives chase after these elusive programs. And I think to Verlon's point, these programs aren't supposed to last a lifetime. I have a number of people that come to my food pantry that end up coming back later. You know what they do, Verlon? What? They volunteer. They donate food. They donate money because we stepped up in their time of need, and they're not there forever. They're, that was a, that was to lift them back up, get them on their feet. We all should be able to agree on that, right, Phil? Well, I, I yes, definitely. I, I'm just into positivity. 
And again, it seems like when it comes to Mayor Johnson, there's this, um, there's no more, I mean, just like Verlon's, all the wait and see period is over. When half of his agenda, not even half of it, a fourth of it, a eighth of it, his agenda hasn't even been implemented. And he's trying to put things in that's going to help. And he's going to particularly uh, concentrate on the youth. So if, 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 if our store owners, if our small business owners uh, 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 don't see uh, it, it as a benefit to get you focused on things, like you just said, uh, brother, brother, attorney, uh, uh, job training and, 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 and it's because again, there's no more job core. There's no more, uh, um, um, uh, what is this thing when you, um, uh, apprenticeships, there's a lot of things that could be in place, but they're not. And so again, these youth are going to find, they're going to find a way to eat. Well, or they're going to find a way to have a business. And if they have to go into a store, uh, and, 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 just just raid the shelves and sell these goods and you know that's what they're gonna do well phil thank until you we, i appreciate we just, it until we put them in another give them another thing to focus on and that's themselves well here's here's what i think that uh, mayor johnson should do thank you phil for calling in why doesn't he let the, the Chicago police chase after the bad guys when they're doing the retail theft? Why won't the prosecutor in Cook County, Kim Fox, prosecute retail theft? This is this, that, that, this belief that everybody is just going there to steal a sandwich because they're hungry. That's not what's happening. Small businesses I cannot thrive in the city of Chicago because people are driving cars into their front windows and stealing everything. Why can't these 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 are... People all throughout the city and the suburbs who are seeing this, uh, I mean, think about it, how unsafe it is. Why can't we just let these businesses grow, give people opportunities for jobs? I'm for a program that can show results, and I just think sometimes people just want to continue to have way too many programs. We're going to go right back to the phones here. We have Dawn from Naperville. Thank you for joining us on, on Black and Right on our last show of the year. How are you doing, Dawn? Hi. Merry Christmas. I'll give you a specific program. In 2020, the Redwood Literacy Center partnered, partnered with Lawndale Christian Legal Center, and they provided vital literacy intervention for previously incarcerated youth. You go look it up on the Internet and watch the videos of these young adults. It is heartbreaking. And that is your answer of why people are in poverty. If they can't, get, if they can't read, how are they going to get a, a high school diploma? How are they going to get a GED? How are they going to get a job? And here's the other problem that you were talking about with, because um, I'm in DuPage County too. Those DuPage County programs that you're talking about, you have to earn your high school credits your first two years, and then you can go to those programs your junior and senior year. Are these kids accomplishing that? You know, and here's the other thing. In reality, these kids are protected under the law, under the IDEA. We're supposed to be evaluating. What about child find? If any of these kids can't read, why are they not being tested for dyslexia? It is, it is absolutely disgusting. And, and the, the problem with Mr. Johnson is there's no specificity in his speech. Thank you very much, because you are right. All of, it, all of it is just round and round platitudes, and, and we're going to do some programs, and we're going to talk to people. The time for talk is over. The time to protect the people is now. Protect those uh, business owners. 
What was it for Lonnie? Did you see the, the stat the other day? 50% of people from Cook County are afraid to go downtown Chicago. Yeah. That's that this isn't uh, some conspiracy and I always I love the part when they say well suburbanites they just say that stuff and they're and they're attacking the city. I'm when my son goes downtown he's 22 years old I get I'm concerned it never used to be like that because now you have people up and down Michigan Avenue doing donuts and shutting down uh neighborhoods smashing grabs it's not like it used to be and, and I I think that you're right and and are there any other programs and things that you see out in Naperville that are working, that are giving back, putting people to be successful? Oh, I'm sorry. We're, you're going if you want to call back in. I know there's a number of programs. I visited the Alive program, which is a youth center, Verlon, that we're going to look at in Addison Township. We just passed our mental health board. We have passed our levy. We're going to implement programs for children to get them out of difficult circumstances to have a place that they can go, a community center of sorts. We're going to have we're going to have counseling available to the entire township, seeing psychologists, seeing psychiatrists, getting making sure people have uh, have their medication, that their copays are covered, that we are getting them into counseling so that when they have tough times at home, they can overcome those because we want them to be successful in whatever school they are attending. They are the future. They are the they are what is what we're working for. And I'm glad that everybody is staying with us and joining us for this last show of the season, Vermont. It's so hard to what a year it's been. It's yeah. been flying through, right? Yeah. You listen to Black and White Radio. We'll see you in a few minutes. This is Black and White with John Anthony. Uh. On AM 560, the answer. I do like this song for Lon, so I'd like to listen to it a little bit more, but I have Spotify. I can do that in about half an hour. You are listening to Black and White Radio with John Anthony. I am your guest host, Dennis Rebelletti, the prosecutor, and I have with me Verlon Galloway, the troublemaker. Um, before we head back to the phones, 312 642 5600. If you want to join the conversation, we have less than a half hour left on this last show of the year. I, I, John, I know you're listening. You have grown this program. It's, it's five years plus in the making. I, I, I'm hoping you get a slot, a bigger slot in the new year. I, I hope you guys have that opportunity. Me seven to I, nine? I, I, what's that? You mean seven to nine? Yeah, seven to nine would be fine. You mean the Officer Tatum show? Um, you, you've grown something and it's hard to do that. And people sticking to things nowadays, uh, to grow stuff. People are impatient by nature, but John, you, you've uh, grown something here. And I, and I hope you nothing but the best in for this show and uh Merry Christmas to you and your family. We're going to head back to the phone lines. We have Nick from the Northwest side. Thank you for joining black and right. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I was saying uh, that to the screener, like I've told you guys before, uh, when uh, John is on the air, I, I listen to your show religiously, regularly. Just on Saturdays, I run little errands here and there by foot, sometimes in the noisy traffic on the buses, and I can't get to the reception or in a store because uh, in the afternoon, the buses are not that crowded because there's no uh, traditional rush hour. Okay, uh, with the young kids in general in the inner cities, uh, we're talking about, of course, black kids, but also brown kids, too. 
but mainly the topic is the black kids that we see it all on TV. Look, uh, I, I said when I was going to uh, high school in the mid-60s, when I was in my mid-teens, I used to talk with people that have older parents that have no brothers or sisters, no family. I said, you know, I was getting concerned about what am I going to do for a living? Well, I thought, well, I better take it seriously that someday soon I might be out of having to look for a job to support myself. I never thought about welfare, nothing. My father didn't know anything about welfare. My mother didn't know anything about it. They, all they knew is working just like I've worked my whole life. So the, the kids are brought up, though. Uh, first, they get a bad education in the Chicago schools. I'm not condemning all the teachers. I'm all for unions, but they got to be responsibly run. In Europe, unions are responsibly run. I lived and worked in Germany. The government expects a union to be responsible, and if not, they'll get after it. That happens here, too. A union can be decertified, but sometimes it's because they stood up to some politician, like when the uh, air traffic controller stood up to Reagan. But anyhow, so they got to uh, get a good education, so they have a chance to at least get started with something. Then at home, sometimes they got a single parent, and in all respect to the women especially, uh, they can't always go out and get a job, and some do. But somebody's got to be at home to take care of the kid. And if there's no grandparent to do it or whatever, then the uh, the woman, the wife, uh, the uh, uh, the uh, mother, she has to do it then. And it's uh, it's a hard job to do. And I'm not saying they're all on drugs and, and they're all bad uh, people who are single parent. But unfortunately, there's a mixture of all kinds of people. And the kids grow up in a bad environment. And, but they have to be somehow taught also to have a, uh, like that uh, motivation to go out and work and, and a respect for other people when you're, uh, you know, for your boss, uh, if anything, at least recognize that you're working for him. He's giving you a paycheck. And if it's the other way around, you expect him to listen to you, but you have to listen to him. If you don't like it, you can look around for another job and just tell him I quit and goodbye, you know, and and, and just have that motivation. So anyhow, that, that's what I feel. It's important that for the education of schools, which the uh, teachers are, are not, you know, passing kids on to another higher grade just to get rid of them, that, that's, that's a, a disgrace, and it's, it should be criminal. And, uh, and then uh, ha- not having a proper motivation for a young person growing up to, you know, to have respect for society, for other people working for your boss and, and all that, that is necessary. So that, that's what I want to say, and I thank you very much. Nick, thank you. Hey, uh, good luck, Roland. Thank, hey, love you too, brother. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year to you and your family. You talk really about what I think where the crisis has been is now you need two parents to work. Um, when I was growing up, my mom was able to stay home with us for a, a period of time. Uh, you could have one person stay home. You can't have that now. You still have grandparents working. We were very fortunate. Um, my wife was able to babysit a couple of my grandchildren, and that helps out my uh, kids, but at the same time, she loved to do it, and that also adds into their upbringing because you have the family structure around them. But it's hard when you don't have the family structure around, uh, and it's also hard when you are you're demotivated because you're you have difficulties in your household, and not every program can fix everything, right, Ferlan? It's That's not everything. Right. There's not a program for everything. It, it shouldn't be a program for everything. People need to learn to sink or swim. Get out there and do for yourselves. See, they're too afraid of losing this so-called benefit that they'll never get out there and get a job. They'll work so much. Like when Obama was in office, he wanted people to get full benefits. Uh, the, the government will supplement full benefits, and you work about three days a week. That that makes people lazy, and, and it keeps people def- dependent. Okay, you get a little credit for working a little bit, but yet 
you just you won't go past that threshold because you want to keep that so-called benefit. Well, I was just thinking about this. I was talking to my wife. We're trying to create generational wealth for our kids and grandkids. And here we talk about generational poverty where the left and the progressives would like to keep people down so that they need to be dependent on the government. And that's a shame, and that's not what those programs are intended to do. You're listening to Black and Right with John Anthony. We'll be back in a few. And now, more Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. Welcome back to Black and Right Radio with John Anthony. I thought, Verlon, when I was tasked with this, and John wanted to know if I was ready, I thought, how could I fill up three hours? And the time has flown, and it's just like sitting here, uh, being able to uh, chew the fat with you and and just having a conversation, and we get to share that with the audience. Uh, I greatly appreciate you guys listening in today and for all that you do with the program uh, throughout the year. Without you, this show would not be possible. Um, Verlon, I wanted to let you know, you may already know, that I am running for state representative. Oh, yeah, I know. In the 48th, I'm sorry, 45th House District, which goes from all of Elmhurst, basically, all the way down to Hinsdale. And... It is probably the best chance for Republicans to pick up a seat. Remember, the Republicans in the Illinois General Assembly in the House of Representatives only have 44 zero seats. Think about that, Verlon, out of 118. <laughs> so this seat was lost by the incumbent Republican a few years back by about 300 votes. The state representative that is there now decided she could not run again. She had some family problems, and I respect her a decision on that. And so I wanted to play a little bit about a group that was talking about the actual race. That's House District 45. It's the top one of the top pickup opportunities for Republicans here in Illinois. Um, I just think this is a fascinating contest, and I really couldn't tell you how it's going to turn out. We have... Um, Jen Gladys Douglas, she was the Democrat incumbent. She decided not to run after just one term in office. We have Dennis Revoletti on the Republican side. We thought he might have a primary challenger, but that turned out not to materialize. He's been around Republican politics and is a former state rep. And then on the Democrat side, you have Marty Duder. She's an Elmhurst alderman, well, well thought of in the community. So this really is a, basically a Republican district that we've, we've just lost. But um, again, I think this, with, with it being an open seat, I think this is one of the best Republican pickup opportunities this cycle. Yeah, you're not wrong. Uh, I've got it as the number one pickup opportunity for Republicans in the, in the whole state. Um, I mean, this is uh, a district where, yes, Trump's a challenge. Uh, he lost by 17. So absolutely, there's a Trump factor here. Uh, but other Republicans, when you look at every every other Republican that runs in that district, especially locally, you're seeing they're actually winning mm-hmm. by about five. This is this will play even. It's an R three in a in a decent year for us. It's going to play even this year, maybe D one. Mazaki barely lost; she lost by less than one percent last time. Rebeletti is going to be our candidate on the Republican side. He's got had some wins, had some losses in the past, but 
this is a house district is small. This is a small geographical area, and Rebeletti is pretty well known in that small geographical area. Mm-hmm. He starts off with a name recognition advantage over Duder, um, probably a significant name recognition advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I think I think this is a great pickup opportunity for Republicans. Um, you know, we've got to have to execute. It's not just going to happen. We're going to have to make it happen. Uh, but this is one of those districts where it absolutely looks great for us on paper. Yeah, and I think so. Berlin. Well, that looks great for you because you don't suffer the Trump factor because people regard you as a moderate. Well, they do. And I, I've been called rhino. <laughs> oh my God. We're, there's a phone call. We have a phone call. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> I don't know if we're going to go back to the phones today. Oh, um, we got to go back <laughs> to the phone. Yeah, I'm going to go to the phone right now. 5600 I have somebody from Cabrini Green on line 10. <laughs> Welcome to Black and Right Radio, sir. Please announce your name and your purpose of your phone call. Uh, this is John Anthony. Oh, oh. oh, what's going on, John? Hi, John. Uh, how's it going, guys? I'm down in what, what I thought it would be a nice warmer, uh, a chilly Galveston, Texas. Right wow. Now. It's chilly? <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's a heat wave compared to when I left in Chicago. You know? Oh, okay. it was about fifty degrees today. So I don't know what what you're what you're doing down there in Galveston, but we appreciate you calling in. What what's on your mind, my friend? Oh, listen, man, I cannot wait to get back in January. January sixth, I will be back. But prior to that, uh, I'll be uh, Thursday and Friday. I'll be on the morning show with Amy. Oh, cool. And then the fall, then twenty seventh and twenty eighth, I'll be hosting the Sean Thompson show. So I will be back on radio, just not on black and white radio. Oh, can't wait. So can't wait. Cause I know, I know you got a head full of steam. You got, I know you just, you chomping at the bit to talk about a lot of stuff. You have no idea how <laughs> I just, I just, I almost went live a couple of times because of all the stuff that's going down, <laughs> but I decided not to, but, uh, yeah, I got to tell you guys about the story of roaches in my hotel in Galvin. No, oh, no. Oh my God. It was, it was insane, man. I, the week before that, I had somebody walk in my room while I was asleep. It was the, uh, the manager who didn't know I was in the room. And then this week, I'm dealing with um, roaches crawling on me. In the oh, room. oh, my God. I can't deal with the roaches. I'd rather deal with mice than deal with roaches. Uh, I'm with you there, Valon. <laughs> I, think, I think I'm part of you there. I hate roaches because I, I grew up with them, and I, I hate them with a bad thing. You're not the only so, one, man. Uh, oh. Just really quickly, just want to say thank you guys uh, for filling in for me. Come on, you last week, Dennis, this week. Uh, you guys both did a great job. Uh, Aaron Del Mar broke the show with Pat Brady. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I can't wait. I can't wait to interview. We got a ton of candidates that are running for office. So thank you guys so much and ha- enjoy, okay? You got right. it, brother. Thank you, John. Enjoy your trip down there. Uh, uh, Merry, Christmas. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year, New Year to you and your family, and thank you for the privilege of uh, hosting this show. So, uh, you're listening to Black and White Radio. Thank you, John, for calling in. We're going to be back here in a few seconds. We now return to Black and White on AM 560. The answer. Here's John Anthony. You're listening to George Michaels right there, right, Verlon? Um, nope. If that was my boy, we'd be up dancing. <laughs> You're listening to Black and White Radio. We're doing our final segment of the year. 
We just had the host call in. Uh, he's hopefully uh, he gets some better situation down there in Galveston. But um, I want to just again thank everybody uh, for being part of this show uh, and allowing me to be part of the show and participate. Uh, you know, as a kid growing up, I was a pretty shy person. I never thought I would be here uh, hosting a radio show or, or being a state representative. So it's a it's a privilege and an honor to to get to host this program. Um, don't forget to watch Belly of the Beast or listen to Belly of the Beast. They're coming up next right after us with Babette. She's a dear friend. Um, and Raquel. Don't forget and Raquel. Raquel. I don't want to, I don't want to forget Raquel. Um, so I just want to follow up on my race briefly before we uh, close out the year. This is the type of race that can be won, and you cannot get to 60 seats without getting to 41. And while many of you don't agree with me on everything, we have to go back to the 80% or 65%, 70% principle that you need to get more Republicans. You cannot rebuild DuPage County without winning a seat like this. This is going to be a bare knuckles brawl. They're going to spend another million dollars against me. It's not something that I thought I would be running for, but as an open seat and uh, uh, my wife, Uh, is supportive. She knows what it's going to be like. I'd like to tell you guys, when John has other candidates, I hope he talks to them and they understand that it's difficult as a life of a candidate. You spend time away from your family. There's When you win, you miss a lot of family opportunities. Uh, But people need to step up and try to win these races. And that race is definitely a, a winnable race. So I look forward to talking to you more about it into the next year. I do not have a primary but it is going to be a knockdown drag out contest. And I hope that I can get a lot of support here from the listeners um, that know people in that district. We're going to talk more about it, but for I want to give you some time to talk about your thoughts on this year resolutions, maybe for next year, uh, what you're thinking about um, and who wins a national championship for college football. Oh, you got me uh, as far as uh, national uh, football. I do. I'm pro sports. I like the pros. I don't do college. Do like the that. Bears make the playoffs? No. No. Green Bay may still make the uh, playoffs. I knew that was coming. But uh, Bears, nah, it's over for the Bears. All right. But as far as resolutions, I, I'm tired of the divisions. I'm tired of the offended class. People need to get over themselves. People need to understand free speech is for everyone. Don't demonize speech. Don't demonize a particular race because they say a word that you interpret it to be racist. Get over that nonsense. We we only can survive if we move forward together as one people, Americans. I really wish we could get a, uh, get rid of the hyphen, honestly. But you know that that's all I want to see. I want to see more togetherness, more kumbaya, Dennis. More kumbaya, but not the way the Democrats want it. Not through division. Not through oppression. Not through programs. Not through welfare. We need to get off of it and move this country forward as one. That's what I want to say. I, I appreciate that. Um, I'm with you, Verlon. I, I just think it's time for people to think of their community and their state and their country, that you are an American. You should be proud to be an American. You don't have to agree with everything that's ever happened over the last couple of hundred years, but we are Americans here in this time, in this portion of our lives and in the country's life. Um, I want to wish everybody health and well-being into the new year. Uh, Thank you for your prayers for my family and for my wife. 
it that's what becomes more important for Lon. This is a season about family and going into the future and spending time with them and enjoying those memories because as I tell friends, we only have so many trips around the sun. You've li- you were listening to Black and White Radio. Have a great Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Thank you for listening. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.